game. Blouses. Gallon Chuck. Disaster. Afrogetti. Disaster. Well, I mean, I'm no doctor. We now join America's most popular show already in progress. Everybody loves Mitch and Sean. You guys are the greatest duo. Fantastic. That team sure did suck last night. They just played sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Welcome into another edition of the Post Game Pints Podcast. Campbell and Gallo with you, and we are brought to you by LaBrosse Brewery. Of course, you can go get your Campbell play-by-play IPA, your angry Gallo ale. I don't know. I'm excited about this episode, Mitch, and I know that you're excited uh, that the – I've been seeing friends and on social media. I've been seeing pictures that they're sending us on Instagram of people buying the Angry Gallo Ale, the Campbell Play-by-Play IPA. And I mean, they're just going and, and, and picking up as much as they can now. This is awesome. I, I'm, I'm seeing more and more as, the, as time has evolved over at LaBrosse Brewery. Yeah, and I hope, uh, I hope it continues, Sean. I'm having an Angry Gallo Ale right now. It is fantastic. Uh, I, I know you were at LaBrosse not too long ago. It looks like our pallets of beer are starting to dwindle. So I yeah. can't wait till uh, everything is uh, knocked right off the shelves. And uh, they have to start brewing a second batch because um, sometimes I need a little kick. Mine has coffee in it, and uh, we're ready to go. We're fired up here. Let's go. Yeah. So go check out labrosse.com for your Campbell play-by-play IPA, your Angry Gallo Ale. But also, Super Bowls, not that long ago. Not not long. It's about a week away, less than a week away. Uh, They have Super Bowl specials where you're going to get a whole case of beer, a mix of everything at LaBrosse. So make sure you pick that up for your own personal Super Bowl party. You can't throw parties, but you can throw a party for yourself at home. Uh, check out their hours at LaBrosse.com. All right, Mitch, what do we got on tap today here on the Post Game Pines podcast? Another guest, a great guest. Yeah, Sean, and uh, we've had uh, some terrific guests so far on the uh, Post Game Pines podcast, but our next one is a, a good friend and somebody that uh, I think both of us uh, go way back. You you maybe a little bit uh, further back than me, but of course, uh, we remember him from his uh, time with the Team 990 and, uh, of course, his time in the NHL as well. He's in a very brightly lit room, and he's got a bright Boston Bruins jersey on, and his name's PJ Stock. What's going on, PJ? All right, boys. How are you? <laughs> Is it bright? I don't know. I got a little too bright. I can unbright it. I just wanted to make sure you saw while I was dressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're all sunshine, man. Sunshine. Also, I know a little. T- I'll, 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 I'll sunshine it. No, it's, you, no whatever it's you're fine. comfortable with. I don't. Ah, I, you guys look at it. Pictures. Just makes it look really pasty. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't think. I think everybody's pasty. No one gets outside anymore. Yeah, no it's true. It's true. Anymore. It's great. Hey, I love. I love that hey. jersey. Thanks, boys. I thought I'd get dressed up. I have an important thing to do here before. Okay. I can't listen to the two of you guys sober. So my idea is I have, I have the Campbell power play or the angry gallo. And I don't know which one to start with. So well, I, I don't know. 
E easy choice, PJ. Start with the uh, Gallo. The, the angry Gallo. Why is there like a mad cock on this? <laughs> <laughs> it is, right? Is that what it is? Yeah, that's exactly what it is, man. Perfectly represents me. But start with that one because it has some coffee in it, so it's going to get you uh, revved up, and then you can move on to the uh, caramel ale. Yeah. Okay. You ever? Uh, I'm in. You, you look at the look at the uh, the rooster. You notice what's under his chin? It looks like something else. <laughs> Great Cheers, graphic buddy. design. Cheers, buddy. Cheers, boys. You're Green Bay Packers. Yeah. What, ha oh. what happened? What happened to the Packers? What happened? Oh man, I'm still don't. Yeah. I don't even know if I'm ready to talk about it yet. Makes I, me, I just makes don't me like. I've been following sports for a bunch of years. I, I, we all have, um, and we all think we kind of know what's right and what's wrong, and. The last couple of years have been kind of altered a little bit with analytics that have kind of taken over on, on some sports decisions. Um, and I looked at the end of the Packers game and I'm thinking you have probably one of the best players of the last 20 years with the ball in his hands uh, with a chance to tie. Worst case scenario, you don't score, but the other team gets, you know, Tampa Bay gets the ball on my throwing six yard line. Yeah. I think that's what it was, you know, Instead, they kick a field goal, which means they still have to score a touchdown with a couple of minutes left remaining. Anyways, I, it made zero sense. And now your now your boy Aaron Rodgers might be gone. So he's not going anywhere. Now here here's I'm the thing. Now, I'm with you. They should have they should have let him play because they would have had to get the ball back either way. Because there's you don't score, you're down by eight. You score, you're down by two. You have to score and get two points conversion to be a tie game, and then you're still not in the league because it was an eight game point. And sure. and I have been always in the philosophy of letting your best players decide. Mitch knows that. I coach uh, the pitching coach for the Caribous. I always want the best player to be the one throwing the ball at the end of the game. And I, I flash back to when Pedro was on the mound. Remember they left him in too long? Way Brady back in little. the playoffs? Yeah, Brady Little, man. But here's the thing. I was on Brady Little's side. That's what this, I was like, let your best player. And I know that's a different scenario, but i rather have the game on the line with your best player in the ball, uh, with the ball. And I know that Mason Crosby's a good kicker, but he's no Aaron Rodgers. I like my Andrew, my angry Gallo so far. <laughs> right. I'll, I'll tell you, uh, the only thing I'll add to that conversation is that to play devil's advocate a little bit, what was Aaron Rodgers' uh, red zone efficiency in that game? Was he two for seven or two for eight? Yeah. The you know what? I, I just think I don't want to, I want to talk Canadians and I'm kind of, taking over your guys's, but you guys gave me beer, so it's not my fault. And there's coffee in the beer. It's going to throw me completely off. Um, <laughs> but they also were one-sided. They kept throwing the ball to the same guy. I, I forget, Adams. Uh, Adams that, yeah. that was the only play they tried every time they were in the red zone. That was the only play they tried. It's like watching basketball and watch James Harden play. Yeah. It's like you have everyone else just kind of standing on the sideline, and the one play is just kind of trying to hit Adams, trying to hit Adams. And if it doesn't work, oh, well, we'll try again. Well, he had 18 touchdowns all season long, and they were one of the best red zone teams all season long. Oh, so, yeah, I, mean, I you, agree. You know, you, you know what? Though, you have boys, three shots. You, you would think one of the three you would have been able to complete. I feel like uh, if the Packers go for it on that play, they still lose the football game. And I think it's unfortunate that the conversation is about that one play because I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were the better team regardless. So it almost makes me wish in some alternate universe they did go for the play just so I could prove the fact that it's not the one play that ended up deciding the game. But yeah, I'm with you guys for sure. They should have let Eric Rogers throw the damn ball. All right. I, uh, 
I want to actually go beer for beer because it's not fair oh. that I, I don't like giving the Gallo any advantage to anything. I don't <laughs> let you guys take over. He, so trust I me, actually he want it. this. He needs yeah, it. I just want this to be side by side. So uh, Campbell gets his due diligence here as you guys take over. Go ahead, boys. Yeah. I'm all dressed up. I look good. I'm double yeah. fisting. Let's go. Title of the podcast. PJ Happy Double Saturday. <laughs> Cheers, buddy. I like I like the color. Yeah, it's it's a solid beer. They're both really good, and we're both proud of what we've been able to do with Labrosse. And again, check it out, labrosse.com and uh, 133 Labrosse in Point Claire. So, oh, PJ, great. yeah, I like that's I very like good. The, that's very good. <laughs> so, why the uh, why the why that face though? Why that face? It's a uh, it's not power play. It's a uh, play by play. The PXP. Play, sorry, play uh, by play. It's play right. by play. Sorry, you know? slip up. You, you know, whenever, whenever Dan gets sick, I get to do whenever Dan gets sick, I get to do play by play or when he goes to the yeah. TV world, which, you know, well, you're an RDS. You, you were you lived in a bubble on CBC. You worked with us at TSN. You've been everywhere. So I want to yeah. start with the Canadians with you, PJ. And yep. it's, it's a very generic question, but it, it really doesn't make any sense. The city of Montreal, the fan base of the Montreal Canadiens. Why do they love Mark Bergevin or why do they hate? Why is there a love-hate relationship with general manager Mark Bergevin? Well, uh, you know, it's kind of funny. I don't think anyone really loved them. Yeah, those are strong. They're both extremes. But um, I, I don't think anyone really loved him up until this year. I, I, I think, if anything, so – we're in this business that we do in the media business or whatever we call it. And, um, you know, when someone takes over in, in the hockey world and you have to try and go on and, and talk about them and, you know, as much as we like to say that we know everything about everybody, we just say that, but we really don't know anything about any, anybody. Uh, I called up a couple of people when Mark Bergevin uh, took over as a GM and I can't tell you how many people said nothing but amazing things about him. Like, like, Amazing things about him. Um, I, I don't want to name drop guys that were his roommates, but are very good friends of mine because um, that's one of my sources. Uh, but they had, they say he's one of the best human beings, great teammate, great locker room guy, great everything. Uh, and he put the work in in Chicago. And he comes to Montreal. And he comes to Montreal. And of course, anyone that's starting over a new job um, in a professional sports team they're taking over from someone that just got fired. So the guy got fired because everything wasn't working. So you're taking over a, a crappy situation. So you got to give them time. Um, and I think that uh, I gave them the benefit of the doubt because there were so many people that like, I know them, but didn't know them, but so many people said so many great things. I gave them the benefit of the doubt. He came in at the beginning and, and tried to like change up uh, the way things were with the Canadians. So uh, just, behind the scenes stuff, some locker room stuff uh, where people parked and that threw a few people off. But again, you kind of give the person the benefit of the doubt and, and then year one doesn't go as well, but you give them like three years, you kind of do give three years and then year four hits in and, and you're still, he's a good guy. Like, even though these things aren't working out, he's now five and six. I'm more surprised that people didn't turn on him more. Uh, because this team, if it it took a pen for the Montreal Canadiens to make the playoffs and to get players that other teams couldn't afford. Like, if you think about it, uh, the situation that the Montreal Canadiens is because of salary cap situations that other teams 
are in, right? They had to move players, couldn't sign players. Um, and it's just been – now we love him because the Montreal Canadiens look spectacular. And, and it makes it look like his plan worked. It's nine years later. And the problem is with this, this, this team is, is that you love them because the Canadians finally look like a team that's successful. You forget about the past. I'm worried that it's a short window that we're going to love them so much because I finally like what they have. But in two years, you're going to hate them again. I don't mean hate, strong term. You're going to be upset with them again because you won't be able to keep this team together. Because you, because you haven't been able to draft properly in the last eight years that he's been here, um, you've had to sign players. So you pay more for those players to come join your organization because you have to outbid some teams. So what you're going to have is right now is this, you didn't love them. You're in this love phase because it's great. And then you, you got what's coming up in two years. And I think it's going to go, we're, we're it went like this, we're up here. And, and I'm hoping we stay up there, but I got a feeling it, it's going to be short lived because it's, it's, there's a chance this can get ugly, get ugly quickly. Well, uh, quite so, the, uh, quite the roller coaster. I imagine it's not easy to do any profession when you have such highs of highs and lows of lows. But PJ, you actually, if we focus on this year, instead of jumping ahead two and three years down the road, if we look at this year, uh, you went as far as to call the Canadians, your Canadians, your team. What, what, what's changed? What's different yeah. here? What's, what's the biggest difference from this year's version of the Canadians to maybe the last eight or so? Nice jersey. Well, I don't, I, I, <laughs> I don't have, I don't have a, I don't have a Habs practice. They got rid of me so quickly. I don't have much left from them. Um, I, I just, they, they got the right people. Uh, they're playing the right way. Um, you could sell me all the, I don't know how much swearing is on your podcast or not, but whatever you want, man. You can give me all, all the bullshit you want about it's a good locker room. I've been in so many sport lockers. I know what's a good locker room and I know a good locker room and a successful locker room is when those guys that play a certain style are willing to sacrifice or do something different than their style mm -hmm. for the betterment of the team. And the Canadians have been saying this for the last so many years, we're this, we're that, we're this. No, you're not. You've been shit and you've been soft. And you haven't been willing to make the sacrifices for a team to be successful. And you don't want to say that, but that's what it's been. And there's been two moments in my career. There's been a bunch, but where I'm sitting there and, and I see guys that do something again, unfortunately for me, it's along the lines often of physicality, but um, that where guys step outside their box. Um, it's not like I'm a, where a physical player has to step outside his box and, and, and be a, an offensive player that he'd love to be. It's just not that way. But I remember two moments in my career where, where things were getting uglier and someone bumped into someone and two guys that did it. One was Sergey Samsonov uh, one night that, that dropped his gloves and got it. And, and the whole bench goes like, oh, my – like, you stand up. You're like – you're so excited. And the other one was Patrick Sharp uh, when we had a big situation in, it was in Philadelphia as in the minors. But it's two guys that will – just don't do that ever. And, and But they see someone on their team, something that gets happened, whatever, they say – I'm willing to do this. You don't push my team around. You don't do this. It's my body. It's my this. It's my teammate. It's my my logo. And it, I think the Canadians haven't had that for a while. And it's early in the season. And I know they're scoring and all these things are going well. But for me, the moment that really stood out stood out to me was when um, Myers hit uh, Armia coming down the wing. And it's say whatever you want about the hit. I'm not going to really get into that. But I, I just two guys, Lekkinen who's been here for a few years, didn't hesitate w one second. He jumped on a guy that's six foot seven, dropped his glove and just, and, and, and then there was Evans. I, it wasn't like a think about, like the last couple of years, it's been like, 
well, are you going or are you going or no, no, you just hit my, my guy. You cheap shot at him. That's not the way you, you, that's disrespecting our team. They jumped on him right away. And then that game ends the next game, the start of the next game in warmup, you have uh, Edmondson who's a new guy to the team, which is changing some of that culture in warmup. He goes and sees the big boy and says, Hey, it ain't over. And, and I love that. And I know there's craziness about the hockey gods and all that. And he sees them. The fight goes, whatever. You never want to see anyone get hurt. It just finishes the right way to end that game off. He gets a goal. And he gets a goal to end the game off. Like, it was like everything for me. And for me, that is the locker room of a team. And you need those little moments in a season to, to, to build on, to build on. And I think the Canadians got them really early. And I'm like – that's the stuff I, I'm behind. Like, I'm behind. They score. There's one thing about winning and losing. It's winning and losing the right way. And the Montreal Canadiens are doing it right right now. So it's fine. Yeah. It's funny. You, you talk about that. And I've, I've brought this up uh, uh, on the air at TSN 690. And I've had conversations with Mitch. And he knows how I feel. I hated that the team traded away Andrew Shaw for the reason that you just stated. Because he was that player. He was that player. It didn't matter what. Top guy could kind of play those roles. We knew he was hurt. We knew he had a big contract. I didn't even care about that. When they lost him, I was like, how are you going to fill that void? And they have. They have filled that void. Like you said, with some new players, Ben Sherratt, uh, Edmondson, and guys like Evans and Lekkinen just stepping up. But I thought that that was going to be a void. It's been pleasant to see that that has been filled. I think the the Shaw one, I I, I – cross my fingers you know that's yeah i understand this the shaw move a little only because i think it's a little bit about his safety i think he's one of those guys that's teetering towards the tail end of his career when it comes to the amount of times that he's yeah. suffered con- concussions so but yeah you need a, a guy that's healthier than that to do that role but it's not that role it's that role that has to be contagious within the locker room and, and yeah, sometimes it's a mentality that guy's he scares it yeah, he shares yeah, it. Some guys that, yes, it takes one, some guys to just be that guy that just, you know, you go out and do it. And then the next guy does it, and the next guy does it. And I, I don't want to bring up Boston, but I will for a quick second. Um, this was a team that I, I thought I've been on a bunch of teams, some great teams, as I mentioned, the Canadians, New Rangers, Flyers, some amazing teams. But the one thing about this team that I was on for a few years, just everyone got it. It was just one of those things that, uh, everyone just got it from the first guy to the last guy and everyone had a role and everyone appreciated the other person's role. And the fourth line guy, which I love about the Montreal Canadiens this year, the the fourth line role has changed. Right. But the first line and the coach appreciate that fourth line's role just as much as they appreciate the first line's role. It's not like one of those, you know, they come out, they get the momentum and those guys that are on the bench that play so many minutes a night, you know, it, it's, it's hard sometimes to get, you know, get them, get yourself back going because you're tired. But you have moments on the ice, like hypothetically uh, a hit or, or whatever by Lekin, and you're like, whoa, you get up, you start feeling the boys on the pad pumping each other on the bench, and it just gives life. And then the coaches get a little hop behind the mm-hmm. bench and like, Hoo-hoo! and it just, and it goes. And I think you have that spread out throughout the Canadians lineup this year. I think the young guys, have uh, whether it's with puck or the way they play uh, on the back end with Romanov, uh, young but has that physicality aspect to him and the swagger that some of the players have this year. It's 
it's fun to watch and I think it's going to help them just so much longer. You know, you, you talk about that emotion and uh, what it's like on the bench. It just always makes me think back to the moment in 2004 when uh, LeCalier drops the gloves with Jerome McGinley. I'm sure Jerome the jolt that the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning must have gotten from that moment. And PJ, you mentioned uh, uh, Tyler Myers and uh, Edmondson skating up and asking him for that fight in the pregame warm-up. You, you've been there, and it's something we don't see as much anymore, the, the planned fight before a game even starts. What's it, what's it like in the moment for those two guys, both the, the guy asking for the fight and the guy who knows he has to answer the bell as somebody who's been there probably on both ends of it? Well, you two things happen. Um, by the way, I'm, I'm not going to lie. This is this – is, this is... <laughs> <laughs> Hey, PJ, that's the picture hey, that's going good. up on Instagram yeah, too. That's great. This pro- podcast. That's, for, that's good. Um, yeah. I, I think – the, the Edmonton role is something that the Canadians have missed because the only guy that had any cojones was Weber. But I think he's past that in his age, in his mentality. He plays a certain way, but just doesn't do that anymore because it's just – you needed the Shaws. You needed those guys to do it. Edmondson is that perfect guy. He's in the four spot right now, 3-4. I think he'll end up being on the 5-6 uh, eventually, Just but anywhere in there. They're all interchangeable, and I love – Yep. the back end right now. Um, it, it's one of those things that uh, some players have it and some players don't, but the penalty wasn't good enough. Like, I don't care that you got five minutes. And, and he, I'm just, this is not so much a lesson you're going to get that guy, but this is something for your teammate to say that I'm not satisfied with that. That's not going to happen again. It's for the other guys on your team to say, I got your back. And it's tell, tell everybody else, you know, F you. It, it's kind of like you you need that you you need that mentality of of I F you, you know, you need that I don't know if you guys just swear, I'm gonna say it anyways, but that fuck you mentality. You need that. You need that that it's 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 this is we're winning. I don't care what you are. You hit my guy, I'm gonna hit you back. And if I don't hurt you, I'm gonna hurt somebody else on your team. And and if you you do this to us, I'm gonna do that to you. You know, you don't want to be the guy to start it. Uh, you want to play your style and play really hard and play mean and play physical. But if someone's going to be dirty to you, you're going to be double dirty to him. And, and if he doesn't pay the price, you're going to let him know that what he did, someone else on his team is going to pay, pay the price for it. And, and that's kind of – I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Um, I know it's, it's, it's not in the game anymore, and, and, it's, and we understand so much of the reasons why because the head situations and, and all that stuff. But I just – it's one of those things that the game misses to a certain extent. And it, as long as it's played out the way it was played out the other night, it's perfect. Yeah. And you know, what's also interesting because that mentality is sometimes it's your top players. You mentioned Weber or a Ben Sherratt guys that play big minutes for your team. Uh, you know, you could have Milan Lucic stepping up to Josh Anderson and you're like, well, is it worthwhile Anderson leaving for five minutes and Lucic? No, the Canadians will lose out on that. But because of the depth on their team, they don't feel the loss anymore. You're not playing a guy that was an AHL player or a fourth-line guy because they're fourth-line guys or third-line players. So if you miss a top-six guy, you have a guy to fill in for five minutes. It really doesn't that, you know, oh, it's not worth it for five minutes. Anybody, Shea Weber can go to the box for five minutes and the Canadians will be fine. Two years ago, that, that was not the case. The depth. But 
I'm going to ask you guys a question as I go lower the blind because this whole side of my face is white as I see. Um, are they on RDS the other night I, I used, I'm not sure if this is a mirage. Like, are they this good or is the league that, or is their division that weak or is just like, you know what? Everything's working. Like every, like you, you, I can't tell you something that's going, Josh Anderson has two goals where he bats the puck out of the air skating full speed. Like, how many times is, he gonna, is that going to happen? You know, Tafoli scores a goal. I know. They have five shorthanded goals more than any team in the National Hockey League. I think 14 or 13 teams don't have power, that many power play goals. Uh, Tafoli scores uh, no goals and gets five in two games. And the other night against R- Riddick was just just throw it on net and the goalie's going to just miss it. Like, it's just everything is working their way right now. And I don't know if they're really this good. Um or if the, the, uh, everyone's just struggling that much more. But it's, it's kind of confusing when is – it, is everyone going to pass them or catch up? Or are they just this good for the rest of the year? Well, you know, Gallo. just answer it very quickly. I think, uh, Campbell, they are that good. And the reason I say that is because of the division that they play in. Like, they've, they've put up the points, and they're in good standing right now. They haven't even they haven't even had the chance to play the Ottawa Senators. Like the Senators, from what I've seen, they're brutal. So the Canadians should be able to bank a ton of points against that team. And I I, I just think that you know the division that they play in is a big part of it. They've only had to play Toronto once. They haven't had to play Winnipeg yet. So there's going to be some big tests down the road. But I uh, I think obviously not everything's going to turn up Canadians all season like PJ's talking about. Like everything is going everything. their way. Every bounce is going yeah. their way. But I think they're a really good team. Well, yeah, some of those things that come through, though, are Armia gets hurt and Corey Perry gets a point a game that, you know, since he's come back and he, he even looks, you know, even better or a more perfect fit next to Kakanyemi and Toffoli. And that was the reason why they got him, so that the transition is that they're turning to NHL players and not AHL players. But, I, I look, I think they're good, and they're showing what they're supposed to be. Are they this good? I don't think they're going to score at this rate all season long. Their shooting percentage is through the roof. Uh, most teams shoot at an 8-9 percentage. They're at 14. That's going to come down. They're not going to have four or five goals a game. But when that happens, is Carey Price and Jake Allen going to get even a little bit better? Because maybe they haven't needed to be that great. So I think they're that good. I don't think there are teams that I am a little disappointed in that I've seen. I a little bit disappointed uh, in Edmonton. I thought I'd see a little bit more. I know they have goaltending problems. They Vancouver, no, they, Vancouver. You know what? If Vancouver is was a train wreck, and, and three games against Ottawa, I don't think it's going to fix that long term for them. Uh, I think Winnipeg's pretty tough. Calgary's going to be fine. They look like a pretty good team, and you know what Toronto can do. It's it's an interesting interesting division. AJ, what are you going to say look, about Edmonton? Yeah, you know what? I, whew. I don't know where I'm going to get in trouble with this right now. Um, McDavid has to do more. He, this is, I know it's going to sound completely crazy. Okay? Not more, all of it. He has to do it all. No, but he has to do the defensive side of the game as well right now because his team's always struggling. So he's looking, he's got to be, it's not that he's not a 200 foot player. Um, it's just that he's always looking at the team struggling. So he's always looking to cheat, you know, because we need goals because of the way we play, you, you can't anymore. You, the successful teams uh, have that, that guy that's a 200 foot player, the, the Bergeron, the Taves, the Kopitar, the um, O'Reilly. I think it's dry is that guy in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. I, it's, it's, I don't, 
like you can say whatever you want. They probably have the two most complete guy. Well, not complete, but one two punch. I don't think is it Crosby and Malkin, or would you take Dry Settle McDavid? You know, it's a it's a solid question. Yeah. But you know that what Crosby's gonna give you all over the ice. I don't know if I get that enough from those two guys in Edmonton. And they've been in the league enough to understand that. Crosby makes a bunch of his no-name wingers, and no disrespect to the, to the guys. Uh, but I'm just – it's not as if they're, they're playing with Ovechkin. Or, they take guys and carry Dupree, those Russ, Gensel, you name it. They just, yeah. yeah. I'm not seeing that in, in Edmonton. All we do is complain about who they're playing with. And they don't have players to play with. And, and that's the argument. And those two guys are playing 22 minutes a night. That, or that's 44 minutes of the night. Yeah. You know, like yeah. that's... You know, PJ, I think, I think the big issue, though, with, with that team is they signed both those guys right out of their entry-level deals to eight-year contracts, paying them massive yeah. money. And the Leafs did this, too, with, with their guys. And I haven't seen any team have success without benefiting of their star players on team friendly deals during the early portions of their career before they were approaching UFA status and then signing the big deal like Malkin and Crosby. They had years where they're, they were pretty cap friendly, you know, same for they're the still cap Capitals. friendly. Yeah. They're, they're still, under 10 million. What does Crosby make? Yeah. 8.7. 8.7. You know what? Who's, who's your, uh, who's your, uh, it's kind of like, you can't say Montreal. You can't say Montreal. Okay. But who's your favorite to win the cup or your top, two or three teams uh i would say tampa vegas uh colorado colorado colorado, colorado right so two, there, yeah. yeah so two of those three teams tampa's caps but but their star players are are making reasonable money they're not yeah. making a lot like the canadians as much as everyone loves everything about them right now their their goalie makes ten and a half million dollars yeah, well, like, PJ, look at uh, the team whose jersey you're wearing right now. I don't think anybody has manipulated the salary cap better than the Boston Bruins. Bergeron, yeah. Marshawn, Pasternak, yeah. uh, Rask, they're all on team-friendly deals. Yeah, and they and still well, couldn't keep Chara. How much is – well, it's not that they couldn't keep Chara. Uh, I, I think it's, it's a decision that if you're playing in 56 games and pretty much 56 nights, you know, it's, it's a lot of hockey, back-to-back, short season – I, I and I everyone loves Zdeno Chara and they all like he wanted a little bit more they wanted him to be a little bit less um and it's just you know it's it's a lot of hockey and they didn't think he'd be he's in the best shape of almost anyone every year yeah crazy but the game's right. going a little bit in a different direction um but you, you know the the Canadians are you, the question before was, why do people love or not love Michel, uh, Bergevin? They love him. Do you love any general manager that wins? You know, Don Sweeney uh, is, is a buddy of mine in the GM of the Boston Bruins. And I, when Don first got the job, I was, you know, hey, Don, congrats, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, how was it? You know, how's the year? And he goes, it sucked. You know why? I'm like, he goes, because there's only one team that wins. For the other 30 general managers, or to be 31 general managers in the league, you lost. And your fan base lets you know that yeah. you lost. Even if you went all the way to the final. Even if you just, go yeah. all the way to the final and you yeah. lose in game seven, and you that's that's the world that you live in. It's hard. So, yeah, yeah but we love them when they're doing well. 
All right. So PJ, look, I want to do this uh, before we're done here on the post game pints podcast. I'm, Let you finish your beers. I'm all your booze. I know. I, you uh, know what? By the way. Yeah. This is tough. I, I will go on the record. I will never encourage anything that both of you do. Maybe count a little more. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but you're going to go These on the record. These are both unbelievable beers. Yeah. We're, we're very proud of I, it I and what LeBron has done. Yeah. I will go on record and say that these are both unbelievable beers. Uh, shout out to Dan who helped us make it. We well, we helped Dan. Dan did most of the the legwork. Okay, so at the end of each uh, podcast here, PJ, we like to do a little bit of uh, pop quiz. All right, so I'm gonna have pop sure. quiz you. A gal is gonna help you. He doesn't know what the question is. Okay, so gal is gonna help you on this pop quiz. Hey, I, I, you know what? Don't disrespect me. Okay. Gallo's gonna help me. Are you kidding me? You ready? Gallo's gonna help me. All right. I got ten names here. I got ten like names. A, like questions on sewing or something? What's no. Gallo gonna help me with? All right. I wanna know the top ten NHL scorers in history. In history. That have played with PJ Stock. Okay. Oh. <laughs> okay, Gretzky. Number one. Laugh on 10. Number seven. Jo- Eric Lindros? Nope. No, I didn't, play Eric. I didn't play with Eric. Go, <laughs> hold on. The top, top 10. Top, the top 10 scores that in NHL history, but they played with P.J. Stock. I got 10 names here. Okay. Joe Thornton? Number three. Okay, so that's the list. I wasn't sure how the list was going. So we have yeah. Gretz, Lafontaine, um, Thornton, Joe, got- Thornton, um, yeah. uh, Kevin Stevens. Kevin Stevens did not make the cut. He's like 13. PJ, I think you're Kevin- missing an obvious one unless so you didn't play with him. Yeah. Messier. No, I'm just – He didn't play with Messier. He did not no. play with Messier. Gal, you're no, no help so far. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, Kovalev's number, not on. Kovalev, number five. Okay. Wow, that's it, eh? Yep. Okay. Seven, so uh, Seven of these with, guys with Mark are Recky? over 1,000 Mark Recchi, number two. Mark Recchi, you're Mark missing. Number, okay. Four and six, both over 1,000 points. Eight, nine, and ten, under 1,000 points. Peter Nedved? Nope. Brian Ooh. Leach? Brian Leach is number six. You're still missing number four. Eight, nine, and ten. Yeah, Saku. I was gonna go Saku. It's not Saku. Nope. Gallows. Yeah, Saku yeah, wasn't a point. There's not a lot of. I was only a cop, a cup of coffee in Montreal, and there, no one really there ever put a point. One, Eric Desjardins. Nope. But there's one Montreal Canadian, but he's not known to be a Montreal Canadian. Now you only play twenty games. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay. Hold on. There's hold a, on. There's a. But I'm just giving you a clue. Why you think there's a couple of guys? I think you played at the same time. Matt Schneider. Like, Nope. You might have – he might have been at one point of the season in Europe because you only played 20 games with the Canadians. Okay, then Dougie Gilmore. Nope. Because <laughs> – well, hold on. I wasn't there. When I was on Montreal, I can tell you the entire lineup. It's not – it wasn't Brian Savage. It wasn't Sakakoy. Trevor Linden? Boom. Trevor Linden, number 10. Okay, Trevor Linden. Okay. Right. But it's so funny. That year when I was in Montreal, they were all injured after like yeah. three games. But that's he it. So there, there's three more. There's three more. Number four, okay. eight, nine. Now look, number nine. You only played one game with this team, but I'm pretty sure he played in that game. But I'm not 100 percent sure. 
He's the only guy still playing. Which team did he play one game for? It was the last season. Hold on. Hold on. Only guy still playing. That I play, well, Joe Thornton is who I still play with. Yeah. Well, no, sorry. There's, I mean, only guy still playing that's left. And I assume that one game he was playing in, it was his rookie year. Patrice Bergeron. You got it. Patrice Bergeron's number nine. All right, so I need, need number four and eight. We're against the clock here, PJ. Number yeah, hold four. on, hold on. Number four, Gallo should like him. Gallo should like him. And number eight is a coach in the NHL. John McClain. Nope. It's not a coach. It's Rick Tockett. Rick Tockett is number eight. Number four, Gallo should like him. He's short or a small wiener. One of the two. You just gave me that sign. Theo Fleury. I don't know what it Aaron is. Fleury, is Gallo not... got it. Theo Fleury. Fleury, right. There you go. The top ten scores that played with P.J. Stock in NHL history. Wayne Gretzky, Mark Racky, Joe Thornton, Theo Fleury, Kovlev, Leach, LaFontaine, Tockett, Bergeron, and Trevor Linden. It's a pretty Cheers, good list. Not, not a bad list, eh? Yeah. I don't want to say I helped them all, but. <laughs> Cheers, P.J. I love it. them all, boys. All the boys. P.J. Stock on the post. Which I don't know what you want to finish with. Uh, finish with whatever, man. Just. Keep going. <laughs> well, how's that for your entertainment value? They've done their job very, very well. Awesome! No, 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 no. Hey! Come on. VBF.